0: The Church Times Festival of Faith and Literature takes place at Bloxham School in Oxfordshire on Friday the 21st and Saturday the 22nd of February. Speakers include Marie-Elsa Bragg, Joe Baker, Mark Oakley, Susanna Lipscomb and Sam Wells. For the full programme and to buy tickets, go to bloxhamfaithandliterature.hymnsam.co.uk The General Synod has been meeting this week at Church House Westminster. And this week, I'm joined by Madeleine Davies and Adam Beckett from our news team, who've been covering the meeting. I started by asking them what some of the standout debates were.
1: The big moment for me, uh, and it, it was a surprise, was the Church of England, well, the Synod voting to go net zero for the whole Church of England by 2030. Um, it was a shock. And I think the, the, the motion was that uh, the Church of England would be carbon neutral by 2045, and uh, the Bishop of Salisbury, uh, the Right Reverend Nicholas Holtham, who brought the debate, cautioned against bringing it down to 2030. He's the, lead bishop he's, a, the he's the lead bishop on the environment. So it was a real shock uh, when that, it wasn't too narrow, but it, it, it was quite narrowly passed on the Wednesday afternoon because it was Synod members taking it into their own hands. And, and why did
0: he caution against
1: it? It's 10 years. It's a big ask Um I'm not saying it can't happen and I I would love that if the Church of England could be carbon neutral in 10 years and it's a great target as well and that's what a lot of members said but it is a lot of work and it will be a lot of money uh, to be carbon neutral in 10 years time Um, but then people said that the Church of England should be prophetic on this they should be leading the way and there was a real groundswell of um, appreciation for this Uh, obviously there were some dissenting voices as well but Once the amendment had gone through to make it 2030, it seemed inevitable that the whole thing would go through too. And this
0: amendment was brought by Canon Martin Gainsborough from Bristol Diocese.
1: Yes, so there are three dioceses which are quite radical on climate change uh, things: Uh, Bristol, Oxford, and Birmingham. Um, There was a separate motion from Oxford, a separate amendment from Oxford, should uh, Martin Gainsborough's amendment not have been passed. Um, but they all kind of backed each other up and, and and it was quite clear that that they were the powerhouses behind this there'd been some
0: planning i think going into this before
1: oh absolutely it's it's been a subject of um, oxford diocesan synods for for many years and it's uh, it, it it it's interesting that that it comes mainly from oxford um also what was weird about that was that another uh, lay member from Oxford Prudence Daily was probably one of the loudest voices cautioning against not just the amendment but the but the whole concept um, uh, but uh, she lost that in the end. And do we know how
0: this is going to be implemented? What sort of changes we're going to see?
1: Yes and no to be brutally honest it's um, when it was 20, when the target was set to 25 years before um, the Bishop of Salisbury had set out uh, I think it was three yearly reviews that would come into place Um so we could really see whether if the church was moving in the right d- direction. But this will require a lot of work, not just from the national church, but from each and every parish in this country to take a look at uh, their their boiler, the energy they use, um, the, their wastes, everything like that to, to try and be carbon neutral by 2030. Um, there are all kinds of different... Uh, mechanisms for that there's going to be a some kind of smart meter for for a church is introduced so they can see just how much energy they use and whether there's a alternative option but i mean this has to happen now um as the bishop of Sol- so the, w- one of the supporters of the 2030 uh, date was the bishop of liverpool uh, paul bayes who, who said that he'd be taking this back to his diocese and starting now and the the bishop of salisbury after after it had gone after it had gone through, and he seemed quite disappointed that it had gone through, told the Bishop of Liverpool, this isn't just kind of, oh, I'll do this over the next couple of years. This is something that has to start happening now. Um, otherwise, we won't reach that target of 2030.
0: I the um, environmental campaigners have, have welcomed this.
1: Oh, absolutely. The, the Christian Climate Action Group, part of Extinction Rebellion, were protesting outside Church House before the session on Wednesday uh, and uh, pressuring... Um, members of Synod to to bring the carbon neutral date forward and there's been reaction from um, uh, disinvestment groups and uh, uh, NGOs as well just that uh, how important this is and and I can see their point that the Church of England can be a lead voice on this um, in the same way that other councils around the country I think the Bishop of Liverpool said Liverpool City Council has set that 2030 date and I'm pretty sure Bristol is the same so they're not a voice in the wilderness but but it is an important voice to be added.
2: Madam,
0: you were at the debate on the Windrush generation.
2: Yes, yeah, so there was um, a very powerful speech from Andrew Mountain Mumby, who is a priest um, in Southwark Diocese. Um, and one of the stories that he told was how a member of his congregation, Doreen Brown, um, her family in the early 60s had, had actually been turned away from his church, um, purely based on the colour of their skin. Um, And Dorian is now a member of the church, but obviously the legacy of that um, rejection lives on Um, and Dorian was actually in the gallery um, for the debate and Andrew was able to apologise for his predecessor's response, um, which was a really powerful moment. and there were various um, sort of speeches throughout the debate um, where um, BME members of Synod um, gave examples of current racism within the church, um, so making it clear that it's not um, just a historical issue. Um, I was really struck by um, a story from the Dean of Manchester, um, Rogers Gavenda, um and he talked about having to intervene when members of his chapter were sort of fiddling the figures, in favour of a white candidate over a black candidate for a church warden's post, and how there had been this sort of narrative of um, we don't want those people during that period, which is actually quite a recent period in the life of the cathedral. Um, so there were various um, moments of testimony really from people um, who were making the point that this is an ongoing um, problem. I think a lot of the the mainstream press picked up on the fact that the Archbishop of Canterbury said that there was no doubt that the C of E is um, actually institutionally racist. Um, Looking back on our archive, I'm not sure that we've had a bishop state that as unequivocally as that. um, It's sort of been debated as to whether that's um, a truism about about the Church of England, but the Archbishop of Canterbury said that there was no doubt. And he gave a very um, sort of unscripted, off-the-cuff Um, speech in which he talked about his shock and his shame and about what he'd heard. Um, And he also sort of um, suggested that he himself had been too nice um, so he hadn't used his position to speak out against this and to make change and it was time to stop being so nice. He suggested that he would come back to Synod um, I guess with more concrete proposals about what he actually plans to do but he did hint that that might involve um, making sure that appointment panels um are not solely white um so that was kind of one practical thing that he hinted at um
0: that appointment for
2: um for for various um kind of senior appointments including cncs um he said that he'd sort of been given long lists which were entirely white and that that couldn't continue um but for me i think um A better speech probably came from Canon Rosemary Mallet in Southwark, who's recently been um, elevated to an archdeacon position, um, because she she really spoke as somebody who's been um, having these conversations for a very, very long time and is familiar with existing reports. Um, I think something to be aware of is, although the Synod has asked for more research, Rosemary was making the point, and she made this point at St Paul's Cathedral as well, that the Church of England already has many reports and has had many conversations about this and it's really time for action and she was saying that she wasn't really interested in an apology um, without that action and she gave a very um, very solemn but very practical speech about what actually needs to happen now in terms of this being a kind of root and branch um, approach and it does need to be led by the most senior people in the church of england it sort of it it can't be left um, sort of without their leadership they're going to have to take really take hold of this um, so for me that was one of the really standout speeches. We also had the Living in
0: Love and Faith group um, I think it was it the core group of, of members who are drawing up <clears throat> this new book or document um, yeah. they sort of gathered on the Synod floor to sort of um, discuss these issues
2: Yes, yeah, so it was um, a mix of people who were on the coordinating group for Living in Love and Faith, um, coming from very different um, theological standpoints, um, um, varying from um, sort of more conservative evangelical um, towards um, much more um, affirming um, wings of the church. So they were um, asked a few questions um, about their experience of being together. And how those conversations had gone. Um, And I guess they were quite frank. So people talked about sort of spectacular fallouts that have happened, um, awkward moments, moments when people felt rejected or as if they hadn't been heard. So they were fairly candid. But they also talked about, um, I guess, coming to new places of respect or understanding, if not necessarily agreement. Um, I think the question is whether the fact that those relationships in that fairly small group has improved has any significance for the wider church. So the fact that these people have spent long periods of time together building those relationships, um, is that really going to shape the wider conversation where people won't have that much time and resource and support? It will be filtered down to parish churches where they won't sort of have those luxuries. Anything else
0: that was memorable from the Senate? We can't, we can't cover everything,
1: but um, any other d- debates? Uh, there was a hugely important safeguarding debate uh, on the, uh, the preliminary ICSA report, which was published last year, ahead of the, the final report being published. It was an emotional debate. Uh, several members who spoke uh, were on the verge of tears, if not tearful. Um, there were survivors in the gallery, the Bishop of Bath and Wells, the Right Reverend Pete Hancock, is stepping down as the lead safeguarding bishop very, very soon and is being replaced by the Bishop of Huddersfield, Jonathan Gibbs. Um, and uh, Bishop Gibbs gave a speech in which he, I, I feel he 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 promised to deliver more, essentially, while apologising for what the church has done before. He didn't directly criticise anyone, but made it very clear that, that the church's reaction to safeguarding has to go beyond apology and he talked of uh, redress uh, uh, which was part of an amendment that was passed, his amendment to uh, the, the the broader um, understanding of the ICSA report uh, and I think survivors really appreciated that it wasn't just warm words. We've
0: got detailed news coverage in this week's Church Times and at churchtimes.co.uk and next week um, will be our comprehensive um, full coverage of the entire meeting of the Synod
2: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast You can find more news, analysis comment and book reviews on our website churchtimes.co.uk If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10 You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode.